Amen. Thank you. All right, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, if you turn there. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 12. We won't look at all these verses tonight, uh, but it kind of goes along the same theme here. We'll just talk through as far as we can get. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. It says this, And Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to him, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the that in the dis that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, and whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ." Good passage here, uh, and something I've been uh, thinking about a lot. I've been uh, discussing this in youth group, and uh, it's just been on my mind a lot, and been um, researching and doing some things about it, and it was really a challenge to me. Uh, The title of the message here tonight is An Anthem of Praise, An Anthem of Praise. And uh, the book of Ephesians is sometimes called, uh, especially this first part of, of Scripture here, uh, is oftentimes referred to as the anthem of praise. Uh, that'd be verses um, one through fourteen, technically, uh, and uh, it tells us basically all that we have in Christ Jesus and the reasons why we have so much that we could praise the Lord about. And uh, uh, oftentimes, Ephesians is sometimes uh, called the Alps of the New Testament. I like that phrase. You know, um, it's it's kind of interesting when you think about that. Uh, Ephesians split up into two different sections. One through three kind of speaks more about um, the riches that we have in Christ. It tells us our identity in Christ, what we have because of our salvation. And then the last part, four through six, is more practical in nature. But if you look through uh, uh, the book of Ephesians, you'll find, even though it's a short book, there's just a wealth of truths that are found in there. They call it the, the Alps of the New Testament. Those of you that have been to the mountains before, that have driven through the mountains, you know that there's one good sight after another. It's like, oh, we got to pull out here. we gotta, we got to take a picture of this. And then you go 50 feet down the road. Okay, we want to stop here too. We want to check that out. That's kind of how it is in Ephesians. It's like, it seems like every verse has something that's truthful and powerful for us to see here. And uh, so I really like this book. It really uh, is geared towards Christians, believers, 
And I really like this first chapter here because it gives us so many reasons, as, as we just read, on how we can praise him and why we should praise him. Um, so, uh, and, and don't we have a lot to praise God for tonight? Amen. We do. I mean, there, there is a lot that, that we could praise him for. I mean, think of our salvation. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this just earlier today, you know, um, you know, some of us may be bummed about political outcomes, you know, but we still have a lot to praise God for. Life still goes on. God's still on the throne. Uh, you may get a bad health report, too, and uh, it seems like that's been crippling a lot of people these last few days. And, uh, but God's still good. There's still reasons to praise him. And you'll never find a bad reason to, uh, to, uh, to, praise the, to praise the Lord, to not praise him. Sorry. Uh, you should always be praising him continually. Uh, we most likely won't get uh, um, to all these verses here, but just by way of introduction, uh, look at verse 1 and 2 here. Now, I just want to talk through some of these verses here and get an idea of, of um, kind of where we're heading and then give you some uh, reasons why we as Christians need to praise the Lord. Look at verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Last a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago, I preached a message on, on talking about the life of Paul. And uh, Paul and his incredible testimony and how he had a desire to magnify the Lord and everything that he did uh, to the point where he was willing to stand up before the great emperor Nero. And uh, so we see that it's, it's, not, um, it's not to us, our surprise that we see here once again in another book that Paul is really making himself uh, selfless and magnifying the Lord, even at the beginning here. Uh, we see here that Paul, uh, who is an apostle of Jesus Christ, that the word apostle there means ambassador to Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ. He's not doing this for himself, he's doing it for Christ Jesus. And then it says, again, reiterates it by the will of God. Um, again, um, he's doing this not for his own will, but he's doing it because this is God's will for him. So we see that Paul, uh, he, he is somebody that is completely selfless and is all for the Lord. And then it goes on, it says, to the saints which are at Ephesus. So the reason that Paul wrote this letter, uh, the reason that he wrote many of these letters to these churches was because problems were arising in, these, in the churches, um, whether it was a worldly passion or whatever. Uh, basically, make a long story short, uh, these Christians, this church, needed their flames fanned again. They needed to get back on fire for the Lord. And so we see here that it is written to the saints, okay? It gives us an idea of who the, the group of people that Paul is writing to here, uh, written to the saints, which are at Ephesus. And uh, so the word saints here is kind of neat, and you look at that word in of itself, but the word saint means most holy, most holy. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of jokingly, when I was mentioning this to the teens, I looked out at them, and I'm like, you know what, I'm looking out, and I don't see anybody that's most holy. And I'm looking out here, and you guys look terrible right now, just joking. <laughs> Anyways, but, uh, you know, that's what the word means, but think about it. It doesn't matter what my opinion is of you guys. The only thing that matters is God's opinion and what he thinks of you. And so uh, when we're speaking of the saints here, um, we're talking about um, God's view of you. 
And uh, we know what Christ Jesus did, right? He died on the cross for you. Uh, he washed your sins away. So you um, can be within the sight of the Lord. So when, Christ look, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. You as a sinful individual, he sees Jesus Christ. And so we are a most holy thing in God's sight. And uh, it's a powerful thought, a great thing, a reason to praise the Lord, what God looks at us at. Do we live like holy, perfect people on this earth? No, not, not at all. But God has washed our sins away. We have a home in heaven one day. And then you see here to Ephesus. Uh, many believe that this letter was uh, what's known as a circular letter. And um, uh, so, in other words, uh, they made copies of this letter. And so this letter didn't just go to the church of Ephesus. It also went to many of the churches in the area, Philadelphia, Laodicea, Colossae, and many others. And this is a good reminder to us as well that this letter... Here, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, even, if you want to get more specific, is not just meant for a specific group of believers. It's meant for us today as well. It's meant for us as Christians. Make it personal to you, too. And uh, so we have so much packed in uh, to this first verse here by way of introduction. Look at verse 2. It says this, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that that's a greeting? <laughs> uh, we didn't do handshake time today, but uh, if you were to walk down, most likely your greeting would be, hello, how are you doing? Something like that, something very simple. And this is how they actually greeted people, uh, Christians at least, in, in Bible times. That was one whole thing. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if we went around doing that? You know, probably get some strange looks. But anyways, uh, but... Uh, Honestly, though, there's so much packed into that one greeting uh, there. You see the word grace, um, grace be to you and peace from our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. That word grace, you'll see that many a times in chapter 1 here especially, um, but that means unmerited favor. It means something that we do not deserve. We get something that we do not deserve. So the greeting was as if to say, uh, as if Paul was saying to these saints here, I pray the best for you that only God can give. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And if we went around and we said that to each other, don't you think that may open up some doors? Again, uh, for conversation anyways, but again, I, I don't expect anybody to do that. But you see the idea here uh, that um, it's just, uh, just a powerful, it's kind of a powerful opening statement. Paul was meaning business here, but he was doing it out of love, okay? He wanted God to work uh, in and through this letter that he was about to present. And so and then we see, we see the word peace there, grace and peace. So grace is obviously, you're talking about grace from the Lord. And then when you receive that grace from the Lord, that, that creates peace within your life. Not, I, I truly think that that means peace in your day-to-day -day life here, but also just peace with God as well. And uh, that's something that um, a lot of people are searching for these days. <laughs> they need the grace from, from Christ, and uh, they can have peace in this world. So let's look at verse 3 here, and this is kind of the beginning part of, of the praising here. Obviously, I think in every verse that's, that's read here, we have a reason to praise the Lord. And verse 3 here uh, really says a lot. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. So first of all, notice just the first word. Actually, the, we'll look at the first four words. It said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was more than four words. I apologize. Blessed be the God. Let's try that. And uh, so uh, the blessed, uh, we have like uh, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers and so on. And that word actually means happy but in, in the Beatitudes. But this word right here means something a little different. Uh, it basically means uh, to speak good of. That's what that word means. And we get the, uh, the word eulogy from this word, blessed. And so uh, keep in mind again that Paul is writing this letter. So basically, it says a lot. First of all, it tells us who the source of the blessings is from. It's from God our Father, okay? But then it also uh, speaks, uh, Paul is basically saying in and of that, that God is good. God is good. That's what he is telling us. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's, if you would have put it in different words, that's what it would be. God is good. Then it moves on here. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You know, uh, going back to the part where God is good, you know, I already mentioned this, but no matter what you may deal with in life, we must understand that God is good in, in the good times and in the bad times. Uh, he is still the same God. He's still, he's still around. He hasn't left. Things may be falling all around us, but he's still good to us. And, and we must understand this as well, that God is the blessing giver. And uh, so, um, you know, we may particularly be having a bad day, but maybe God's in and working in that situation. And when we have those good days too, God's working in that as well. He is the blessing giver. He's the giver of blessings. I like James 1.17 says this, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. You know, God is eternal. I'll talk a little bit about that in just a few moments here. Uh, we understand that God's the creator. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Uh, he has he is created all things. God is good. And so it makes sense that anything good that we may have uh, is from the hand of God, right? And, and we may, uh, I like the song, Make Me a Channel of Blessing. And, uh, you know, we're being a channel of blessing. But those blessings, where are they coming from? They're coming from God. God just chooses to use us to be a blessing to other people. So anything that's good in your life, and keep in mind, good things and bad things, God's working all things out together for good, those are from the hands of God. Uh, and then next part here, all spiritual blessings in verse 3. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That word all is a small word, but it means a lot. It means total. It means whole. It means there's nothing left out. It means of every type of, every kind of blessing that you can possibly think of, that comes from God. And uh, what an amazing thought. It's, it's almost as if, and we read the verses, but it speaks about the riches that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, and, and even throughout the different chapters, it mentions that. But because of your salvation, 
it's almost as if God opened up the doors to his treasure house and he's like, hey, here it is. He freely uh, just gives you all blessings, all types of blessings from him. And uh, we have so much in Christ Jesus. And um, this, uh, this chapter here, you know, uh, I, I feel like a lot of Christians have sort of gotten a little bit, I don't know, lack of a better word, sleepy when it comes to their Christian life. There's no excitement about it anymore. And uh, that's a sad state to be in. Uh, you need to get excited, kind of like our preacher this morning, get excited, you know, and uh, just, just have praise for him, for what he's done for you. And understand what your identity is in Christ. This is what this chapter is about. You have so much in Christ Jesus. The, the, the treasure house doors are open. All spiritual blessings are yours. And when it says spiritual these come from the Spirit of God. And uh, in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, According as his divine power hath given, us, uh, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And what does this entail? What are these blessings? Well, all things. No, but I, I think of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance fruit of the Spirit. We have those as Christians, okay? They're, they're at our disposal. We can use those because of the Holy Spirit living within us. You know, we oftentimes will pray, Lord, give me faith. Lord, uh, give me patience. And these, these things are good things to pray, but we must understand that we already have these. These are blessings that we already have but a lot of the times, and what the reality is, is that we choose to just not use them. We choose to live our own way. We choose to be um, uh, self-centered people rather than God-centered. We choose to not to be filled with the Spirit as we ought to. And so uh, we have these blessings at our disposal. We're ready to use them. Uh, and so much riches that we could use, but question is, are you allowing God to give them to you? Because he desires to give them to you. He desires for you to use those blessings. And then you notice here in heavenly places, and this is just the idea that these blessings are not, are not anything of this world. These blessings are things that come from the hand of God. Uh, and uh, so that reminds us of that. And boy, so much to praise him for. The blessings that we receive each and every day, those are from the hand of God. All spiritual blessings. He opens up his riches to us to partake of each and every day. And the question is, are you allowing him to do it? Are you taking them of yourself? And, or are you choosing to go the way of the world? Let's look at verse 4 here. Verse 4, it says this, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, verse 4 could sometimes be misinterpreted at times. Uh, some people may steer away from this verse and not really uh, want to talk about it or discuss it. And at first glance, one might think that uh, God chose um, us to be saved. Okay, A lot of people will look at this and say, okay, um, God chose before the foundations of the world. He knew who was going to be saved and who wasn't going to be saved. 
And a lot of people will misinterpret that. It's kind of a, one of those mysteries, right? Uh, but, um, you know, that would kind of completely cut out the free will that God gives us. And it would also mean that God chooses some and he leaves others out. I find it kind of ironic that this is within the middle of this, uh, this verse is in the middle of our anthem of praise. But wouldn't you think that if God chose some for heaven and some to hell, you think that's a reason to praise our God? That's not who he is. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, we don't, we don't uh, need to assume that that's the way that God works. Uh, that's not a God that we can praise. Um, no, God gives us a free will. He gives us the choice. He sent his son to die for the whole world. All you got to do is receive that gift, accept him as your savior. Uh, it's crucial to remember as well that in this verse, just remember who God is. God is an infinite, eternal God, okay? And who are we? We're just but a finite being, you know. We're just here and now. That's what we are. God, uh, God is um, present, present, present at all times. He's the beginning and the end. Where we ourselves, we can only live for right now. We don't know what's going to happen a minute from now. Uh, we focus on this day, but you know we have our past, we have our future. We can prepare for the future, but we're not in the future. We can remember the past, but we're not in the past. God, is, it's something that is going to blows your mind, boggles your mind, but he is in the past, he's in the future, all at once. That's who he is. And so um, it's kind of, this is presented from our perspective. So since God lives in the present tense all the time, there is no difference to God in the moment that he chose me and the moment that I chose him. Think about that. That's pretty amazing. It's just how, how great our God is, and Paul, to put it in these words here, uh, God obviously inspired him to do so, and catch a few people off guard, but it's the type of God that we serve here. And uh, last part of that verse says that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Uh, again, more reasons to praise God. Uh, he not only saves us, but he sanctifies us and sees no blemish in us either. Um, the Holy Spirit that indwells us, is working hard in our hearts to, to make us more like him. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit's work in your life? Uh, don't ignore it. You know, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, God's trying to work in your life. God's trying to make you a better Christian. But also keep in mind, it's just such a blessing to know that, that God doesn't look at me as, as a sinner destined to hell. But my sins are washed away, and I have a home in heaven one day. I'd like to just talk about one more verse here. I'm going to skip verse 5, but if you look down to verse 6 here, verse 6, and it says this, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So notice the word accepted in there. Um, our human nature, our human desire is to be accepted um, of people, Right? And uh, our need to be accepted by people is a big need of ours. And I want to say it's necessarily a bad need, uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that it's good to want to be accepted to, to a degree, right? Maybe not be obsessed, obsessive about it. But uh, even though that may be a need of ours, the biggest need should be to be accepted of the Lord, to be accepted by God. You know, people may go through extreme measures to try to be accepted, 
I mean, it seems like that's all the world is about today is just feeling, wanting to feel accepted in different groups and whether that's uh, just the way that you dress or what you listen to or uh, just where you go. That just seemed, seems to be what the world's about today is trying to fit in, trying to be accepted. But, you know, uh, it's, people need to understand that it don't really matter about those things. Uh, are you accepted of the Lord? That's the most important question to ask. Acceptance from other people is a needed thing, but acceptance from God is uh, something that we desperately need to have. God, we need to desperately be accepted by God. So the question is, are you accepted? <laughs> are you accepted? Well, our sinful nature will definitely make us unacceptable to God. God is holy. God cannot be uh, introduced with any sin. Well, we, we, God doesn't accept us uh, because we have sin in our life. But there's more to that verse, and, and I love the word that's used here. It says, he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Yes, in the end, uh, we're talking to a group of Christians here in Ephesus, talking to, I believe, a majority of Christians here. Uh, so what's the answer? Does God accept you? Yes, he does. Yes, God does accept you, but not because of yourself, not because of what you've done, but because of the beloved, and that's Jesus Christ. So we're not accepted because of our prayers. We're not accepted because of attendance to church. We're not accepted because of because trying to fit in in the choir or, or going to a Sunday school class. None of those things makes us accepted with God. The only way that we can ever be accepted to God is by his son, Jesus Christ the beloved. And what a great name that is. Mark uh, uses that in, in chapter 1. says, thou, or God uses it of his son, thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. It just shows us that God is the perfect son of God. God is the spotless lamb of God, who had no sin, and he came down to heaven to die, or sorry, down to earth to die on the cross for you, to die on the cross for your sins. Paid a penalty that you could not pay and washed your sins away. That makes you accepted in God. And uh, an amazing verse. And I went to the last part there, but let's look at the, the first part. Uh, the, the first part of the verse, it says, to the praise of the glory of his grace. And there's the word praise. We're talking about the anthem of praise. There's the word grace. A lot of grace in here from the hands of God. So we praise him. Why? Because he accepts us. So he accepts us. And aren't you thankful that he accepts you today? If you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, thanks to Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary, God accepts you, um, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Uh, he washes your sins away. Obviously, so much more we can talk about here, and uh, we'll stop there here for tonight. But I just wonder, you know, um, how is your praise towards him? We have so much that we can praise God for. You continue on through these verses, it really spells out uh, what Jesus has done for you and I. And it doesn't give us an excuse to go through this life all bummed out and uh, depressed because of what's happening in our world and all. Uh, honestly, we should be praising God more and more each and every day because we have so much in him uh, the riches and the blessings that he gives us, are um, you can't count them. 
There's, a, there's so much. Everything's from the hand of God, and that is a reason to praise him for who he is. Let's pray.